Good morning, brethren. What a beautiful day. The whole earth is full of his glory. I hope that you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I greet you and salute you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom, by whom, to whom, and through whom are all things. Ephesians chapter 5. In just a few minutes, by the grace of God, we'll come to Isaiah chapter 60. And the opening two verbs are imperative. Arise. And I say to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, arise. Shine. That is what the Jewish church was to do. They were to shine because God was going to pour out upon them the blessings of the New Testament gospel and the knowledge of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Testament version is found in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest. And I say to you, church, awake, wake up. Today's the most important day of your week. Nothing you did yesterday can even come close to what we're going to do for the next few hours today. Wake up. I know it's easy to be sleepy. The Bible warns us about sleeping in Romans 13 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5, and other places where we can be dead while we're living by letting pleasure take away our spiritual life and zeal. Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. It is a choice right now to wake up, shake off the doldrums of your life, shake off last night's sleep, shake off the lack of spiritual inputs for the last week, and choose to come to grips at the throne of God with his people, though at a distance, that we might learn of Christ to give us light. He'll give us light. He'll give us energy, vitality, truth, wisdom, and righteousness in a powerful way for us to be able to see the difference between the wickedness of this world and the righteousness of the children of God, which is what the context of Ephesians 5 is. David had to pray this way. David was one of God's favorite favorites, but you know, he prayed often, especially in Psalm 119, quicken thou me according to thy precepts. He needed to be woken, he needed to be raised from the dead. He needed to be resurrected. He didn't need to be regenerated because he was already regenerated. The Ephesians were already regenerated in chapter 2, quickened from death in trespasses and sins, and yet their pastor, the Apostle Paul, at a distance, wrote them and told them to arise from the dead. So let's get, get the deadness off us, and let's awake from sleep, and let's seek Christ today, and he'll give us light, and lots of it. Now turn over to Acts chapter 2 with me as well. I've been in a struggle for the last 24 hours over the passage to open with, and so I'm going to use them both. You know, if all else fails, just double up. But I want to read from this passage a description of that Jewish church under the influence of the Spirit and the Word of God as the last two verses of Isaiah 59 left us last Lord's Day. And as chapters 60 and 61 are going to describe today, they are going to describe the glory of the Jewish church. They are not going to describe the glory of Christ. They are going to describe the glory of the Jewish church because that is how Gentiles came to know about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was given to that Jewish church. He was a minister of the circumcision. He was made under the law. And I want you to see a church, the Jewish church, 
with the, with the promise of Isaiah 59, 20 and 21 fulfilled, that my spirit, which I've put in you, will not depart from you, and my words, which I've given you, will not depart from you forever. And that's the elect remnant of the Jewish church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 2. I'm not going to touch Peter's wonderful sermon. I'm not going to touch their reaction to it, except I want to read to you the character of those people. And we want our church to be like this. We want every one of our members to have this kind of character, this kind of conduct. We want our church engaged in these kinds of activities to the best of our ability. Here we go. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen, amen and amen. This is the mandate for our church. This is our mission statement. This is what we want to be like. Our mission statement is not the Great Commission. That was given to the apostles and fulfilled by the apostles. That is why we have a church on the North American continent, because they fulfilled the Great Commission. But we want this passage right here to describe us. And if you look at it, the extent in the church, they were all in one place. They were all of one accord. To what extent? Everything they had was considered common. How frequently did they meet? Daily they met. They were of one heart. Their unity, their zeal, their praise. And notice their doctrine was not without fellowship. Doctrine with, without fellowship is devilish doctrine. It's worthless. Fellowship without doctrine is misguided, buddy-buddy, a school-age chummy-chum nothingness and compared to doctrine and fellowship. We want both in our church. And we want both to a great de degree and to great extreme. Fear was on every soul, not just some of them. They all were believed and were together in verse 44. And the, the, uh, the good things that I've heard this past week of the sharing in this congregation is just wonderful and it makes me think of this passage. But I'm giving you this passage because today we are going to look in Isaiah 60 and 61 and we've got 33 verses there that tell us about the glory of the Jewish church. Because God was going to bring his son up in that church. And from that church, the preachers would go out first in Jerusalem, then to Judea, then to Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. And the Gentiles would flock to it, and the Gentiles would support that church and pay money to that church. And they would come like homing pigeons in a cloud to that church. They would line up for that church. And that church would explode in growth throughout the world and the kingdom of David, the kingdom of God, would be established in the earth and broadened and expanded in the earth by the addition of the Gentiles to it. And so we're going to see all that today, but I wanted you to see what happens when a church is under the influence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Peter preached the Word of God like he had never preached in his life. 
He was able to tie prophecies together from the Old Testament and see their fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ, who had just died 50 days earlier, and he was able to preach that glorious gospel. And the Jews there, 3,000 of them repented and were baptized. That was in the morning at 9 o'clock. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 5,000 men not counting women and children, were added to the same church on the same day by the explosive power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Is there explosive power in your life? Is the Word of God in your life? Is it guiding and ruling your life? If not, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. Be quickened according to God's precepts and Christ shall give thee light. Brethren, we can't arise and shine in the same sense as the Jewish church could because of the glory that was poured out upon them, but in a distant sense, in an indirect sense, we can. So today, hear the word of God as we get started this morning. Arise, shine, awake, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Let's do it, and let's build this kind of a church here in, in uh, Greenville, like the Jerusalem church. Let us pray. Let us pray. Holy Father, Holy Father, blessed God, and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon us, O Lord. We live in these bodies of flesh, and our flesh still craves sin. We live in this world of sin around us, and the devil seeks to distract us. We are not ignorant of his devices. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will deliver us today and put a hedge about this congregation, and put a hedge around every soul and every family that is meeting together, and that you will bless us by your Spirit and by your Word. We, all, we believe that we are regenerated by the almighty power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that was used to raise the dead body of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, has quickened us from death and trespasses and sins. But Heavenly Father, we want to be quickened again, to be made alive again, to be woken up by your word. Heavenly Father, O oh Lord, speak to us. Shout to us by your spirit. Let us arise and shine. Let us awake and arise from the dead. And Lord, give us light. Give us the light of Christ. Shine that light into our hearts. Let us see thy perfections and thy glory in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee that the same God that said, let there be light, and there was light, can say, let there be light in our souls and in our minds. And you can open our hearts that we will attend unto the things that are before us. We will understand them. We will embrace them. We will apply them and keep them. Oh, Lord, let us hold steadfastly to apostolic doctrine and fellowship like we just read about the Jerusalem church. We thank thee for saving us. We thank thee for putting on us the robes of righteousness and the garments of praise. Help us today to praise. We thank thee that that early church was in favor with all the people. Just as the common people rejoiced to hear John and Jesus preach, they were in favor. It was those religious rulers, O Lord, that hated thy son. Let Heavenly Father bless us to live the gospel here in Greenville. Let us do everything to thy glory without offending any that we might save others. Heavenly Father, bless this church today. Help us under these circumstances as we are using the means you've given us that you will encourage us, unite our hearts together, 
that we will all be of one mind, one heart, with one mouth and one voice to glorify thee today. We thank thee for saving us. We thank thee for the forgiveness of sins. And we confess our sins. And we confess our sinfulness. Have mercy upon us. We thank thee that the Lord Jesus Christ died for sins of ours, past, present, and future. We thank thee that we are made acceptable to thee in thy beloved Son. O Lord, be with us now. And what we pray for ourselves, we pray for every church of saints and every scattered sheep of thine throughout the world, that you will be with them and that you will draw nigh to them, that you will bless their means of worship, that you will open up the scriptures to them, that you will give those pastors foreheads of flint, that they will not be afraid of any in their audiences, that they will preach the word and be instant in it, both out of season and in season. Let them reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all authority and all long-suffering. Heavenly Father, bless your gospel to go forth this day and to fulfill its purpose to draw Gentiles into the kingdom of God and that we might continue to build up the tabernacle of David with converted Gentiles. Let this church here be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope to others that we might fulfill this passage that is before us. Heavenly Father, we will now sing thy praise. Hear us. We'll now sing of the glory of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Hear us. We offer up the sacrifice of our lips today, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee that our sacrifices as Gentiles are made acceptable on thy New Testament altar, and we praise thee in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. <laughs> 